Hey, real quick, I'm doing something super exciting that's never been done before for the Secret Habit Men. I am launching group coaching, but this group is unique. It's gonna go through 15 weeks of my one-on-one curriculum, which has never been done because you've always had to be a one-on-one client to get my one-on-one curriculum and you pay the full price. So for the six men who join this group, there's actually only three spots left as I record this, you're gonna get everything I know. You're gonna get group accountability, group camaraderie, and you're going to get the expert guidance and the roadmap to success so you're equipped for lasting freedom from pornography. So go over to secrethabit.ca slash group and register to learn more. The link is in the show notes, and I'm excited and pumped to launch this on May 7th. So I'll see you there. We all know that angst when there are things we just don't know how to talk about. You know, the things we keep secrets about, like our sexuality, We're Sean and Helena Bonito, and we welcome you to the Secret Habit Podcast. We find it so hard to find couples willing to talk about sex and how to live out God's design for sexuality. This is why we are here, to be that couple for you. Relational challenges around sex can be so awkward to talk about. That is why this podcast is all about authenticity with a heavy dose of fun. We want you to experience hope that inspires change. The kind of chance that helps you laugh stronger, laugh harder, and sex better. Let's go! Hey, I got this question the other day. And we want to have a discussion about it. It was a client of mine sharing about a sexual temptation that he had. And his question was, will this temptation ever go away? And we want to break that down in our discussion today. So we're going to talk about temptations and triggers and going back to what we talked about last week with longing. So excited about that, hun. Yeah. Um... And we're also going to talk about like the emotional, not just the sexual, right. sexual type of temptations and triggers, and the woman's side of thing. Like, okay, are you know most of the time you just hear like, oh, obviously men are tempted, men are tempted uh, sexually. No, women are tempted sexually and emotionally, and we're human beings. Uh, we, you know, we especially in betrayal trauma, there are so many triggers. So many temptation that are that we might be actually unaware of, and as, and as well as you know, women who are watching pornography, there are triggers and temptations that we also might be unaware of, or we haven't maybe um, put a finger on those. That's right. Yeah, it goes so deep and it's multi-layered and multifaceted. When we talk about temptation, you know, we see Jesus was tempted, and then we get tempted, and there's sexual temptation and emotional temptation, and there's physical temptation, there's food and sports and numbing and coping and so many temptations we have to just grab something and use it or do it or whatever else. Then we can use the word triggers. That's very common in the world of recovery. There's sexual triggers, there's emotional triggers. And sometimes these words just kind of clump together or people get confused by them. Even the idea of a relapse, you know, when I'm working with clients, they just blanket the idea of a relapse has to be with porn or masturbation or something sexual. But even a relapse is basically anything that's a lapse in integrity. So if you said you were going to do something and you don't do it, or you do something against your 
character or values, that that's a relapse. Yeah. Well, so. I'm going to just share an anger relapse. <laughs> is a very prevalent in my life. You know, it's like, oh man, you know, so many people are like, Anna, you're so passionate. And yet, well, I'm very passionate until you see the other side of me that I've had to work on so hard to just not work on, but just discover where those, these where did these things come from, like the anger and everything? So it's interesting because that is so prevalent in so many people's lives. Yeah. It's anger. Yeah. And that is a huge relapse when it totally. comes to, you know, integrity. Yeah. And we often feel like, oh, I was triggered by my anger. But the reality is, is we get triggered or call it temptation. We'll probably use the word trigger as like something that suddenly happens and kind of puts you into a state of like shock or fight, flight, freeze, and then temptation would be something more that maybe reminds you of something that you actually want or had at some point. A trigger can often be a memory of something painful in your past, a trauma that has happened. There's this term that's called inner child that basically is, let's say, you know, adult Sean is talking to Helena. Helena says something to me. It doesn't even have to be anything unhealthy or with anger or frustration or whatever else. It can just be something that reminds me of my past as a child. And that memory could hold some sort of pain or trauma that Helena wouldn't know about. I consciously might not even know about it, but little Sean, maybe eight-year-old Sean, was spoken to in the exact same way by his teacher who was very demeaning and hurtful and when Helena says something it reminds me of that and then I might go into a state of flight fight or freeze and that's the reality of a trigger they can be very sudden and that's why this conversation is important to us and our sexuality and our sexual integrity because when we start to learn about our triggers we can then game plan for them find healthy outlets when they do happen because they are inevitable they are going to happen and really, like that question that I started with from that client, um, I want to unpack that in a second just to give you the framework of what we're doing with how I answered that and what that means. But what do you think about that, hun? Talking about inner child and being triggered, that can be sexual, emotional, yeah. it's, it's multifaceted, like we're saying. It's crazy. Like, I think that there's this idea that, um, and I've said this, you know, a few times, is that like women, like they don't. Like, almost like, we don't talk about triggers, like, we don't talk about temptations, but men and men, like, women have so many, and uh, I think that there's just this uh, hush when it comes to um, our sexuality, and I think that there, that's why a lot of women kind of, like, just, um, they don't want to talk about sex because it's just been, it's just been quiet topic, and... But it's it's also been a very windy topic, you know. Many women have been very winded in this in this way, and so then there are very much triggers and uh, that are connecting to their stories. So many times I see, especially with betrayal trauma, that the that the triggers that they're having with their spouse when it comes to um, when it comes to the trauma is actually always almost. Uh, connected to their story, to this specific story. Sometimes it's, um, I think this, this just might be interesting for, for women to listen to, but it is many times, um, it's, it might be a body part, let's say, that uh, they have been um, wounded in the past 
that somebody might have told them about their specific body part, maybe a family member mm. or somebody, and then that gets re-triggered when, let's say, their husband is watching pornography, and here we go, that same body part is brought to an attention or something similar to that, that obviously is, isn't fair, and isn't, um, and sometimes the, the pornatic is acting from, from heart as well, and having uh, certain expectations, and then there is this like trigger for the betrayed spouse, and I see a vicious cycle. So the, this is what happens. A lot of women have actually this wounding for certain body parts, and you know I've had that too. I've had definitely, you know, something just reminded me of a certain body part that I felt like got was like rejected, was really like maybe laughed at, or maybe was just. Um, when I was a kid and then it was just remembered mm. something I thought that you think about me yeah. and here we go it's something I dwell on it's something I think about and I think I'm not good enough I'm shamed and fight flight freeze and right? then fight flight freeze one, exactly you, you so pick the one that you're most familiar with this could be a trigger right for so many women and so I just don't want women to think that it's only for men oh, it's for there sure. are triggers for women there are you know we just women or that we could be triggered into you know response and mm. we respond in anger then because yeah. we feel like um there's a miscommunication about who we are or we are angry about maybe ashamed we feel shame and so then we respond in anger mm. um and so so many things like that and also women you know i think we don't talk about this but we also have um like we also have uh, uh, temptations when it comes to other men and maybe charisma or certain things, demeanor, you know, there could be things that we, we really don't talk about and they are below the surface. And when it comes to the inner child and something that Sean was just mentioning right now, it was huge. I remember having when we were like, we were really struggling and I, I couldn't understand why why you just like couldn't like me like i felt like you didn't like me the way mm. i am i always thought like you want me to be a porn star mm. like literally this is a belief that i had for the longest time like i just thought because sean is watching porn he just wants me to be a porn star and i literally would say this to him i would say yeah. might as well be a porn star i'm just gonna go and be one <laughs> like i literally this is how bad it was okay it's real. i literally said that and because I was just so desperate, I wanted, I just like felt like I'm never going to be like good enough. And that was a belief that I had from when I was young. And so, uh, yeah, I just, it, it's so interesting because the inner child, when I started to understand it actually, a, a young Sean was triggered and tempted by things that were unhealthy from his childhood that like the child Sean was triggered and tempted from the things from his childhood that just were, you know, whatever he was triggered by that wasn't me. Mm -hmm. uh, but the old, the older Sean, the, my husband, that with his normal brain that he wants to respond to me, he loves me and he wants to be with me. So there's this part of him that, you know, when he was young, that he's like acting as so this child wants to run his brain. Mm. But, but no, not the, the adult Sean really does not want the young, sh the child Sean to run his brain. And so the, the 
Adelstrom loves me. He chose me. He want, he married me. And he loves me. So that took me such a long time to understand. And when I understood that, it was huge for me. It was like, okay, so that part of Sean is like, mm. you know, acting like this from this way. And, but this part of Sean loves me and accepts me and wants me. Mm. And yeah. so that, that was huge for me. So I just wanted to kind of reiterate that from wow. a woman's perspective. Mm. Yeah, and some of my triggers at that time was, you know, any conflict made me feel defeated. I would freeze up and fly away. Mm-hmm. You know, I was triggered by anything that made me feel less than and imperfect. And I would freeze up and fly away. And I wasn't a fighter because I mm-hmm. would just isolate and leave you to your own sorrows. And that's what happens. Mm-hmm. So... One thing I just want to say, because Inner Child will probably end up getting its own episode at some point, but this is not an excuse. Oh, it's just little Sean. It's not my fault. No, no, no. This is what we're saying is this is the opportunity for you to realize and understand what's happening so you can take responsibility as an adult. And that's one of the things we're going to wrap up with is a practical step on actually how to talk to your inner child, actually be a big brother or a or a coach, or a father figure, or a mother figure to your inner child. Um, But getting back to that question we opened with, my client had this question, will this temptation ever go away? And as we were thinking about what to talk about today, this episode, this question really stood out because this is what I told him. I said, your temptation is different than your longing. And we talked about longings last week. So if you didn't hear that, go back to last week's episode. Your temptation is different than your longings. Your temptations, they're not going to go away, but A, they will diminish as you understand them, and B, the power they have over you will also diminish. And what triggers you today will not trigger you in the future. What tempts you today will not have the same stronghold it has over you today. Mm -hmm. But what I also told him is that your longings will never go away. And that's actually beautiful. And hijacked longings are at the heart of temptation. So this specific situation was a same-sex attraction situation, a temptation that he hated. But deep down, the longing is connection with a male, intimacy with an authority figure or a male figure that he never had. And the longing is beautiful. But that longing gets hijacked or sexualized, and then the temptation becomes objectifying this man, having sex with this man, being aroused sexually by another man. And that's where we need to separate temptation from longing. So that's what I told them. I said, your temptations will diminish, the power they have over you will diminish, and that's awesome. But the longing won't go away, and that's actually really awesome because you're going to learn what to do that's actually fulfilling. Mm. So one of the things that I heard recently from a friend of mine is that one of the best ways to find out about what triggers us and how we are doing with our triggers or temptation is that when there's a situation that happens around you, and let's say it's a two or a three out of 10, if you react as if it's a 10 out of 10, that's definitely a trigger for you or a temptation. That could be a reminder of a painful memory or trauma or some sort of programming that's unhealthy, or maybe it's a something that happened to you in the past that was pleasurable or sexual that you want to re-experience or maybe a reversal of a sexual experience that you want to have for power's sake. 
but that is so important to recognize. Mm. Um, so that's really something I wanted to bring up because it just really, when he said that question, when he asked, I was like, wow, that is probably something everyone's thinking. Oh, yes. Like, I think everybody's kind of thinking about, even like, I think, what is temptation? Like, what exactly are you talking about? Like, are you talking about, what do you do when you have an emotional temptation or sexual temptation? Like, what does that mean? What does it mean to have sexual and or emotional uh, triggers? Yeah. Yeah, so emotional triggers would be like, yeah, let's say Han and I are having a conversation and she says something about, I don't know, <laughs> you know, whatever, like me holding my own weight around the house. Like, you know, she's just wanting me to be responsible for co-parenting or handling a load that we share this home. We share, you know, we're half, 100%, 100% in this family. But if I'm triggered by what she's saying, and it reminds me of something that growing up where I had a lacrosse coach who would just scream at me and scream at me no matter how well I did. I was the captain of the team and I was such a good player, but he would just scream at me and treat me like a piece of garbage. I'm getting triggered by my lacrosse coach in the present day moment. Helena's saying to me, hey, Sean, like, you know, you you said you would do this and you didn't. And hey, Sean, like this, this, this isn't getting done and I want to talk about it. And those are all normal marital conversations. Like that's totally mm-hmm. fine and healthy, but I'm being triggered. Little Sean is being triggered by Joe, his lacrosse coach, who's screaming at him for reasons that little Sean can't understand. I'm, I'm playing really well. I'm doing my best and you, you hate me. And that's why triggers are, that's nothing to do with sexualization. There's nothing sexual about that story. That would be an emotional trigger. And that is so common in everyday life. We get triggered by our boss. We get triggered by our spouse. We get triggered by the guy who cut us off on the road. And it's not like growing up, you had a guy cut you off on the road. It's like somebody did something to you that took away your control, that made you feel inferior, that made you feel frustrated. When have you felt that way before? When was the angriest you ever got? When was the lowest you ever felt? Because those are probably the memories that are being triggered. Mm, Wow. So how do we, how do we like connect the dots? I think that's that's something that comes to my mind is you know so for so many people it's it's always connecting the dots. So how do we do that? You know if I get triggered, and how do you, yeah, how do you connect the dots to the story? Yeah, absolutely. Well, it happens time and time again on a daily basis with clients. In my own life, I just had a friend of mine another coach in the industry i had a call with him last week and he's telling him some of the stuff going on in my life he said sean it sounds like there's some stories coming up have you shown kindness to them have you been curious about them and i had to say nope i know they're there but i just feel stuck Mm -hmm. and that's why one of the first steps is actually vulnerability Mm -hmm. conversation even facilitation in some ways Sometimes we need somebody to see our blind spots. That's a big part of it. But what do we do when we get triggered? Well, often in the moment, if you're not growing in emotional fitness and understanding how to do this, you know, initially, you're probably going to be more so reflecting on what did happen. So this is a huge step is maybe you got triggered by something during the day today or you will get triggered. Have a reflection time before bed. What triggered me today? How can I learn from that? Mm -hmm. What did that remind me of? 
What story is that telling? Mm -hmm. What could I do tomorrow differently? How would I like to respond? What would make me feel like a man of integrity, a woman of integrity, if that happens again? So that's a big part of it is initially, it's not so much like, hey, you're just gonna change the way you live tomorrow. It's like, it's actually gonna be a lot of reflecting to mm -hmm. begin with. Like you're probably gonna make a mistake, get triggered, but then you can learn from mm -hmm. it. That's where compassion comes in. That's where curiosity comes in. That's where kindness comes in. And then obviously a big part of that would be the inner child healing, which let's talk about those four steps after. But that would be my initial thought process is actually giving ourselves the grace to look back on the day and not say, oh, I messed up. I was triggered today mm -hmm. and say, huh, I was triggered today. Mm -hmm. That makes sense because everybody gets triggered. What happened? Yeah. What did that remind so me of, right? What do you think? Yeah, I think... That's really great, Hannah. I think what comes to my mind, it usually what helps me with when it comes to like, I was triggered or I had a, you know, I, or then maybe I even la relapsed when it comes to anger or when it comes to, you know, even food or when it comes to, like I used to, um, I used to masturbate or when it came to um, even phone addiction. I always... Yeah, um, the other P addiction. The other P addiction. Phone addiction. Um, I remember just like uh, one, of the, one of the greatest things for me is actually to go back and actually go back as to what brought me to that place when it came to my feelings. So what was I feeling in that moment and what was I thinking? Like that is huge for me. So I go back and really try to remember... What was I thinking before that happened? And most of the times it goes like this. And during. And during. Yeah. Most of the times it goes like this. It goes like, oh, you deserve this. Like you had a really hard day. Or then it goes like, oh, Helena, like this is insane. Like, uh, you know what? You're just, you just kind of like have to, this is the way that you relax and you're going to be better tomorrow. This is how most of the time goes that I make really unhealthy choices is that when I examine how I'm thinking, how was I thinking when I made that choice that was unhelpful to me. This would be I after the say, trigger? Yes, that would be after the trigger. Yeah, so you're talking about what were you thinking before the trigger? So if I made, if I was unintegrous... So this is I, regarding a relapse. Yes. Gotcha. Yeah. So if I was unintegrous, I go and I, I think, okay, yeah. what, what was I actually thinking? Totally. If it happens in the moment, obviously I'm trying to figure out, okay, what's going on? What am I thinking? Like, because most of the times it's actually so much about our thought life. And um, it's seriously one of the most times I hear, I deserve this. You know, I deserve blah, blah, blah. Or that there's a shame-based uh, thought like I'm not enough. I am this. I just I just need to get away. I just need to like, and hmm. it, it's like this thought is huge. I'm not enough, and then yeah. I feel blah blah blah, and then you make the action. That's hmm. most of the times that are shame based, hmm. or then it's like this. I deserve this base, yeah. Yeah. and so um, you know it's entitlement, or then it's shame, which hmm. is all the enemy. And so this is kind of what, what I noticed with, with myself and when it comes to also like betrayal trauma, this is, this is huge because we, uh, we then so many times get into these uh, thought fogs of, um, 
I'm not again, not a good enough. I am like I'm this and this and this and this and that, and or and he is this and this mm. and this and that. And that mm. that's what then you triggers all these feelings. Then you make the choices, and so I think it's really important to actually really pay attention to how you're thinking, mm. and you can do that in the moment. So like maybe even right now, like you wanna after the, this podcast, maybe you wanna go and write in a journal. What would it look like if you respect yourself today? Like, what would it look like if you respect yourself? Like, if you, if you really paid attention to yourself and, and, you know, I'm respecting, I'm respecting myself today. So what would that look like? Because that is, that is huge. Like, I think, you know, we think about a lot about loving ourselves and, but I think, you know, it's the, it's, it's also, we don't, we don't respect ourselves, you know, we don't respect, um, how, like how God made us, we don't respect God. And then I think fear, fear is almost like a respect, you know, respect to the Lord. And so, um, I feel like that kind of flows from that. And then we start respecting ourselves and we start thinking differently. And so that's, most of the times what what helps me is to really pay attention to how how is my thought life look like and sometimes it looks like that i realize when i realize what i'm thinking so many times i can realize actually what's happening and sometimes i just need to grieve i literally it's like wow i just need to cry right now and that's okay i just need to cry Shortest verse in the Bible. Yeah. Jesus wept. Seriously. So that's just what comes to my mind. I know it sounds crazy. Like you just were triggered and you're going to cry. But Because I it mean, reminds you of something painful. That's exactly what I mean. It's yeah. like if you really go and trace it. Of course. You realize that there's something really painful. Like, you know, I, I, I recently realized there was something, something just triggered me. And it was like actually like um, it had to do something with, with, um, uh, with my body part. And it triggered me for my past. And then I just realized that there was a, an unattended part of, like, part of me in grief that I, haven't, that I haven't gone through. And so it's so beautiful when the Lord attend to us and really speaks into that. And we just, we just cry. And we can have that moment. And, but we can't have the, that moment if we just brush over it. So this ones are opportunities. This ones are not actually like, let's forget about it. This ones are opportunities for us to grow in awareness and to grow in like, wow, there's something that, that God wants to heal, attend to, you know, bring light to. Hmm. Yeah. So you're talking about something being triggering and then something being tempting so that that thought process of I deserve this creates temptation. Scripture, yes. scripture is very clear about yes. that. That, mm-hmm. Yeah, like once we have sin and it, the idea of sin in our mind, like we're on the pathway to death. Mm-hmm. So you're talking about being triggered. Our thought process creates temptation. It doesn't have to be a physical person or thing. You're saying that our thought process can actually create temptation. Yes. And then we're triggered by emotions that come from that temptation. That's right. And then it's almost like this undeniable force that leads us into relapse. That's right. That's why I believe wow. that most of our actually uh, temptations are created mm-hmm. by our thought life. Yeah. 
And if we really pay attention, we are like, wow, I'm actually just allowing this. Because this is the one thing that we do have a control over is our thinking. And that's something that Jesus is calling us to all the time, is to renew our minds. It's all over the Bible. It's all over the Bible that the renewal of our minds, it's, it's just amazing when you really um, dive into it and actually understand, wow, like, this is what I'm thinking. And actually, this is the, the temptation. And yeah. it's just a thought. The thing is, is, something I heard, just one more thing, something I heard is like, I really like this. That, you know, if you encounter a uh, trigger, um, the brain offers you something. It offers you a thought. And hey, like, you either take it or you don't. Like, let's say if I'm going to buy a house, um, if, let's say, okay, a real estate agent uh, comes and he's like, hey, I'm going to, like, I'm going to uh, uh, sell it. I'm selling this house. It's like, you know, million dollars. But on, I'm gonna look on internet and I'm gonna see that same house for five hundred thousand dollars. Do you think that I would take that real estate agent telling me that it's for a million dollars? I would probably not do that. I'm gonna take the five hundred thousand uh, dollar offer that I see on internet, and it's because that is privately posted, and it's because it's just an offer. And so our brain actually offers us these thoughts, and we either have the choice to reject them or to accept them. And those thoughts are, uh, are, are many times, you know, they come, they stem from them, those from those, uh, from childhood, uh, from childhood trauma, childhood uh, memories that we're having. And that's where inner child comes from. Hmm. That's where inner child healing, we really need to understand and that's where we need to stop and okay, where does this come from? And because so we don't have these thoughts keep coming back to us. But at the end hmm. of the day, we have to also stop and realize, okay, my brain just offered me this thought. I don't have to take this thought. I I can just think about it like that offer. Hey, that's a stupid offer. I'm not going to buy a million dollar house if I see that there is privately posted and I can just buy it for $500,000. Mm-hmm. So it's really that yeah. that idea that it's just an offer. Yeah, that's good. The enemy offers us thoughts. Mm-hmm. The world offers us thoughts. We offer ourselves thoughts, yes. which would be from our mind and past etc and then god offers us thoughts and we have a yes. choice of who are we going to listen to mm-hmm. so that's really good that is really good because yeah i kind of imagine satan as like this greasy real estate agent <laughs> hey come on buy this house down by the slum and god's like i've prepared a table for you <laughs> or like i'll take the slum <laughs> so <laughs> yeah that's exactly yeah. what we do yeah that's exactly what we Used car dealership yeah. salesman. Oh. <laughs> and you know what? That's the worst thing. We think that we don't have a choice. Yeah. That's what we think. And that's exactly what Satan wants us to think. He wants us to think that we don't have a choice but to accept his offer. Yeah. And the reality is that Satan wants to keep us trapped in negative thoughts, negative core beliefs. And honestly, like in our trauma, he mm. thrives when we don't thrive. And the best way for us to not thrive is to stay stuck in trauma and trauma is i really heard i heard it so well said recently by my friend drew on my friend sathia's podcast he said there's fire trauma and drought trauma rather than like big trauma little trauma and like under trying to understand trauma it's like fire is like the big 
painful trauma that we all know happened. Drought is the trauma that didn't happen. And mm. trauma actually gets imprinted in your body, on your mind, on your brain. Mm. And that's why inner child healing is so powerful. Um, there is an expert in this area named Eddie Caparucci. He wrote an amazing book called Going Deeper, which we will put in the show notes below. He wrote this book and does such a phenomenal job helping people understand the inner child, understand the different types of inner child that are that are inside of us. Mm. We all have one, two, or three. Usually there's like one main one, and it is just incredibly powerful. But there are four steps to actually understanding and communicating in many ways with our inner child. And we won't go deep into the practice today. There are other resources on this, especially Eddie Caparucci, Drew Boa from Husband Material, amazing resources. But there's this four-step conversation that you can have with your inner child. And the first step is to notice him or notice her. Hey, little Sean, I notice you getting riled up right now. I notice you getting triggered right now. Second step is to affirm him or her. Hey, little Sean, I love you. You are so awesome. You are safe right now. And I just think you're the, you're just really cool. You're just a great young man. Then we support him or her. Hey, little Sean, I am here for you. I want you to know that I am here to protect you and keep you safe. God is here. Jesus is here. And you have nothing to worry about. And the fourth step is challenge. And that's lovingly challenge. Hey, little Sean, I just want to challenge you, encourage you just to relax, just to breathe, take a step back. I know that this situation reminds you of what happened when you were eight, but I'm here. I'm in control. And I just want you to take a step back and let me take over and run the show. Just simple. doesn't have to be long practice. doesn't have to be drawn out. It definitely can be. And that's why I'm saying Eddie and Drew and these other guys are experts in it. But this is just a simple dialogue that we can have with our inner child when we get triggered, when we get riled up, when we start to lose control of a situation. Mm -hmm. So that's the inner child step. The next thing that I often walk my clients through that has been tremendously helpful for years and years and years because it's adapted from Pure Desire, which is a phenomenal ministry from the Seven Pillars Workbook, is what they would call a arousal template. I've kind of termed it as the trigger template. I have a worksheet that I help clients go through called Knowing Your Triggers. And really that is going through everything in your life in a way that triggers you. Environments, people, things, brands, TV shows, memories, etc. There's so many categories you can go through. But the biggest thing is like, what makes you react with a 10 out of 10 when the situation calls for a 2 out of 10? What makes you go into a fight, flight, or freeze? What makes you do things that you wish you didn't do? Those are triggers. And those need to be named and written down. Like for me, the longest time 
certain trigger like going to the mall and walking past a certain store, certain brands because there was a brand that, you know, only wealthy women had that kind of stuff. You know, certain types of cars because those were often owned by young girls, etc. And we start to learn those are some sexual triggers, but emotional triggers we talked about already like naming these things, what sets you off? What makes you feel isolated. Where do you go when this happens? What do you do when that happens? And it's so important to begin mm-hmm. to know our triggers, know our trigger template, because when we know our triggers, we then know what to do about them when that happens. We can communicate about them with the person that triggers us. We can game plan with a trusted friend or ally. We can have guardrails, so maybe we don't get into those situations as often. So it's so powerful, because as you said so well, Helena, triggers often are what lead us to temptation, mm-hmm. to negative thoughts, to selfish, entitled thoughts that then lead to more triggers and more temptation than often death, spiritual death, which is sin and relapse. So this is so important. And yeah, those are worksheets that I go through with clients, the inner child, knowing your triggers, thought life, all of this stuff is mm-hmm. just things that we constantly do with clients because it's where did you learn that? Where does that come from? When did you feel that? And we do story healing, offering curiosity and compassion, helping them take ownership and really just become men who are present to the moment or women that are present to the moment and say, yeah, I, I, I understand what happened there. Because mm-hmm. when we have understanding, we gain hope, we gain confidence and we know what to do differently mm-hmm. tomorrow. So yes, I wanted to share about those resources because those are super powerful. Yeah, I, it, it's amazing. I just love listening to you, Sean. Um, I kind of got like, um, almost like in like a fog there, <laughs> just listening to you. Um, no, but I was just wanted to say actually that uh, I, had a, I had this thought in my head, uh, on my mind and it was just um, that how amazing it is because I've noticed that, you know, betrayal, trauma, um, triggers have diminished in my life and mm. you know the, the just certain things that have happened recently even like a year ago or two years ago I just it's been like two years ago and I have noticed really there are things that I used to be so easily triggered by and they just don't have that effect on me anymore and it is all because of the steps of healing and the processes um, and it, it's it's really God, when he, when we allow God to meet us in those places that we actually are just trying to white knuckle on our own, uh, then the healing really stirs. And I, I've seen that in mm-hmm. my life, in Sean's life. And so this is kind of what comes to my mind is really that, uh, that hope that mm-hmm. really seriously, you know, temptations are going to happen because of the kind of the world that we live in triggers are going to happen because of the world we live in um but um we don't have like they kind of they will diminish over time they seriously like this is kind of what i have seen like the things that used to be like really triggering to me like seriously i couldn't go to the mall without you know just really thinking oh what is sean thinking like i just i just be so in that trauma mode. Yeah, you, and were, you were triggered by my potential sin. Yeah, yeah, That's totally. That's scary. That is scary. Yeah. And so I was just constantly hypervigilant, right? Yeah, and so it's, 
um, to things like, you know, have naked women would trigger me and just all sorts of things. So now really seeing that, that it's not happening. It's not happening anymore. And uh, for Sean as well, like I see Sean, you know, there there's a different response that he has to women that is just like heartwarming because I'm a woman and I mm. want hmm. men to treat women with respect and with like, um, with not objectification, but truly as, as sisters in Christ. Mm. Yeah, I still have some triggers around, you know, Cadbury eggs and, you know, Easter <laughs> time is pretty challenging, but definitely doing better in other departments. <laughs> oh, uh, but as, uh, as you were saying, hon, I'm just thinking like, we don't really see too many examples of triggers and temptation with Jesus, but we see the main scripture that we all draw from that wow even jesus was tempted so we need to realize like temptation is part of the sinful world yes even jesus was tempted but it's amazing how jesus handled those temptations he wasn't triggered by the possibility of power or authority or whatever satan was trying to lie to him and we even see that like it, in some ways we I, i'm not saying this as like a theological debate or anything but like we see jesus get righteously angry at the temple courtyard when he made the whips and drew everybody out. Maybe that like that that could be a trigger of righteous anger. And like for most of us that would be triggering unrighteous anger. But we see that there's something there that he was called to love. And like I just, all I'm saying is like there's an example of how we can respond mm-hmm. to triggers and temptation. And it's in Jesus. And I think that's so beautiful. Mm-hmm. That we don't have this like, huh, like I don't have any clue what to do it's like we have a road map in christ we have a instruction manual in the bible we have a creator who made our longings beautiful Mm -hmm. and again going back to our episode last week and just remembering like the core longings are beautiful it's triggers and temptations that we need to learn more about so that we can handle them well so we can actually focus more of our attention on the longings getting met rather than us reacting to temptations and triggers so Mm that's kind of my last spiel um the last thing i wanted to share is that the trigger template worksheet is actually free in our essential step video so if you hop on our website you can sign up for that i'll put it in the show notes below but if you want to get a worksheet on doing your own trigger template and a free video that it shows you how to do it i'm going to link that below that's just a freebie for you and we just want to offer that to you. That might help you as we wrap up today. And the course itself, Three Essential Steps to Quitting Porn, actually goes into how to do inner child healing and other amazing steps to building and equipping you for success in recovery from porn and really living holistically healthy lives. So I wanted to mention that if you want a resource that would bless you and benefit you outside of working one-on-one with one of us or myself. So we want to wrap up today. It's been a really cool conversation that's just, mm-hmm. like I said, so many, so many layers and so multifaceted. Yes. This could go for hours yes. and many, oh, many good. episodes. So we just want to wrap it up and tie a bow on it. And as we always say, we want our failures to be your success. So God bless. Thanks for tuning in. God bless and let's love.
Hey, if you found value from this episode, it would be amazing if you would consider leaving a five-star review. That way you are contributing to this podcast being able to be seen by more people and extend their reach so others can see and hear the value that you just got. And hey, hit subscribe. That way you will get episodes right to your inbox, right to your library as soon as they come out. So thank you so much for tuning in. God bless.